This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. 93rd episode of the Mandatory Samson Podcast. What are we talking about today? Well, we have a fantastic video coming up in the 2016 update at the end of the program. We're also going to talk about a little climate change stuff, burkinis being banned in Con France. And we also got the DOJ report on police in Baltimore, which we're going to get into. We've got a bunch of other stuff, Joey. Weed, flooding in Louisiana, just a whole, a whole deal. Yep, it's a must listen. I agree, bud. It is a must listen, and you already are. So best thing to do, stay tuned. The Mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. Hi, everyone. My name is Christopher Flannery. I'm being joined, as always, by my great and good friend, Joseph Noe. Beautiful, as always. Thank you, sir. We're in a brand new studio here. I mean, it's not brand new. It's the newer studio, but we've never recorded in it. We're trying it out. How do you, how's it feel, Joey? Good vibes, bro. Good vibes. It certainly does. I, I'm enjoying it. It's a little bit cooler in here. Uh, there's nobody producing the show today, so I can actually do it from where I'm talking, like where the microphone is. I can do the marks and do all the shit on the timeline. So this nice. is probably a good, good move today. Uh, welcome to the program, everyone. We say it every week, and we even mean it sometimes. Got a good one lined up today. We have a quick 2016 update at the end of the program with Joey. Let me tell you this. Yes, what? A video that just touches my soul. It makes me so happy. We're going to close the show with this great video. So Is it that deep? It's not that deep. It's just it's just fun. It's just perfect. Okay. I like what the anchor did. I like how she reacted to the person she was talking to. It's just a fun video. Oh, nice. Uh, so we'll end the show with that. That's a little tease. Stick around for the end of the program. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Um, we have a couple of quick hits at the top of the show in a minute. And we're also getting into some climate change stuff. Burkinis being banned. Ooh. The DOJ report on Baltimore police, weed, the whole nine yards we got going on here, Joey. We also have an email from Jason that we're going to get to before we start. I wanted to mention to the Samsonites, me and you went uh, to see the Suicide Squad movie on Friday. Yes, we did. Thoughts? That that was a mistake. Yeah, we have a bit of a history of doing that. Uh, We we put a uh, names of movies in a hat once upon a time, which we always reference, and we ended up going to see... What the fuck was the movie? The Day After Tomorrow. The Day After Tomorrow, which was not a good movie. It made no sense. They were able to walk from Washington, D.C. to New York in... You know, Under three hours. Yeah, in three hours in a, in a blizzard, in a catastrophic, world-ending blizzard. Um, and there was wolves on a boat at some point. Yeah, there was a lot going on in that movie. I didn't care for it. Suicide Squad, not a good movie. Surprisingly, I mean, I heard a lot about it, uh, so I was just kind of morbidly curious to go see it. Ter- absolutely terrible, but I'll tell you what. I thought Mar- Margot Robbie was good. I thought will smith was good yeah he was i like jared leto i I just like him in general so i wasn't uh disappointed by his performance he i kind of like what he did the little like gangster joker that he was playing uh but otherwise yeah a terrible movie not much of a plot of several plot holes i would say uh binders that just said top secret on them as Mm -hmm. though you wouldn't know 
that those binders would be top secret. So not not great. No, no. Uh, no. But we still had a nice time together. Yeah, we did. Fantastic time. You had Chick-fil-A for the first time. Yes, I did. And on top of that, I gained a lever on Pokemon. You did? Oh, yeah. You made me on the way home. We drove in the same car. I dropped Joey off back at his, his house. And he made me park like near his house because there was a, what is it? A Pokemon gym? Yeah, it's a gym. Yeah, but I watched you for like 10 minutes. Yeah, I was battling. Fail to take over the gym, which was I needed one more shot, bro. Just one more relieve and I would have been good. I know. It was pathetic. I was, I was watching <laughs> and I was like, well, why aren't you winning? You're like, it's difficult, bro. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't tapping hard enough. All right. You got to tap. I don't, I don't really understand the whole thing. But anyway, so I was, I was a firsthand witness to uh, Joey losing at Pokemon Go, but I had a fun night with it, Joey. It was a good yeah, time. Level 22, bro. That's all you got to know. I don't, I don't okay uh i got an email here from jason you want to listen to this before we get into the program yeah it's a quick one it's just a a recommendation so we'll read it okay uh chris and joey just listening to the pod and you talking about the garland texas shooting and these actors being influenced or set up by the government last week we mentioned some of these fbi tactics where they try to take people who are maybe on the fence about being quote radical mm-hmm. but they have not and are probably not going to cross the line into doing something actually violent in the real world. But then the FBI kind of goads them into doing it. Uh, Jason continues, not sure you've seen it, but there's a docu- uh, documentary about one of these operations that is on HBO or HBO Go called the Newberg Sting. Maybe Ooh. you've seen it, but if not, you definitely should check it out. It's a good documentary and also shows how people with no real ill intent can be taken advantage of by the powers that be to set them up to look like bad actors best jason well thank you jason for the recommendation i haven't seen it that sounds like right up my alley so if i get some time over the weekend i think i'm gonna check it out yeah sounds like a plan yeah figured i'd let the samsonites know um it's a good title it's grabbing the the newberg sting absolutely yeah um i'll also be watching diaz mcgregor too this weekend i'm very excited about that too we just watched them throw throw bottles at each other before we came in here Yo, those two throwing bottles at each other? It's two grown men. What are they doing? Listen, man, they're getting ready to fight. There's only so much you can say for months leading up to a fight. And, and then you throw water bottles? This is their second fight in a row against each other. So, yeah, I mean, shit's about to hit the fan, and I can't wait for it. So if Nate wins again, there is no third match, right? It's over with, right? Connor has to win, in my opinion, for a third. I mean, look, you never say never because they're incredibly and we'll get to the news in a second but i like to talk about the the ufc Mm -hmm. stuff the mma stuff uh they're both fascinating to get separately when you put them together it's these insure this interesting dichotomy but they're both game fighters and they're you know good on the mic in their own unique way and it's it's just an interesting pairing so you can't ever say yeah if nate wins they're never gonna fight you never know okay but Yes, if Connor wins, then I would imagine there'll be a third fight, fight at some point down the line. But, you know, we'll wait and see what happens on Saturday. Nice. Um, all right, Joe, you ready to get into some stuff here? We yep. got a lot to get to. I'm really excited about this clip at the end, so I'm just going to reiterate that. You haven't seen it. No, I have not. It's so good. Uh, all right, let's start off with this. Akai Gurley. Um, New York City will pay the family of Akai Gurley, a 28-year-old who died when a bullet ricocheted in the stairwell of his apartment building, striking him in the chest and killing him. They will be paying him for his family $4.5 million uh, as like a wrongful death settlement, essentially. Mm -hmm. We were talking about it before we started recording. You asked what episode it was that we first talked about this story. Yeah. I don't remember, and I forgot to look it up, actually, but it was a while ago, but I'm pretty sure it just came up again recently where the cop... Um, 
was actually um, convicted of manslaughter, but it was reduced down to criminally negligent homicide. And he got to do like 800 hours of community service. Yes. So that's the last time he brought it up. The officer, Peter Lang, who I just referenced, uh, he's the one that fired the shot. He will pay a combined $425,000 with the New York City Housing Authority to the family. The rest of it will be paid by the city. Yeah. Thoughts? Um, I just think with this one, it was a freak accident. And even 800, 800 hours of probation seems a little bit much. But Really? I mean, here let's not relitigate the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I. I did think right off the bat that this wasn't a malicious thing. He wasn't doing it because, you know, a guy girl who was black or whatever. It was a fuck up. He did fuck up. But at what point do you have to be held accountable even for a fuck? Like we talked about it even with Caitlyn Jenner. It's like, let's put it in a completely different context when she was on the phone and rear ended the woman and killed the the woman in the car. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was Bruce Jenner at the time. But, you know, it's like, yeah, you probably at a certain point have to be responsible for that. And this guy, I mean, he killed somebody because he was, he had his gun drawn. There's a lot of factors. Yes. All right. So, but let's not even get into that. So the family will now get four and a half million dollars. Like we always say, it's not four and a half million dollars is not going to bring this, this kid back. No. Uh, but it's nice to get that at least. I mean, it's a, it's a bit of something to get, but it's not, it's not justice. I would imagine the family is not thrilled with the fact that this guy just got, you know, got to kill their kid. No, not at all. I, I'm just shocked that the New York Housing Authority has to pay $400,000 I because the stairwell was not lit. Really? What? Oh, is that is that what it yeah. was in the ruling? I mean, look, that makes sense to me. I mean, I don't know how, you know, I didn't pay super close attention to all the, you know, testimony and everything in the case, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. It's even crazier that $4.1 is going to come out of New York City, which essentially just means taxpayers in New York City. Yes. But, you know, maybe we should try to avoid that so you don't have to pay for somebody won't die and you want to take four and a half million dollars out of people's pockets to pay the family of the person who, who shouldn't be dead to begin with. Well, uh, one thing that was brought up was that um, the officer felt that they were trying to make an example of him. Yeah, maybe. Well, but how? But how? By letting him out? <laughs> That's not a good example. Uh, yeah. No, with the original conviction of the manslaughter. Yeah, look, I mean, listen, I understand why that cop and his lawyers would put that out there because it is going to then at least put it in the mind of the jury like, don't make it. This is not the guy. And frankly, if you're going to make an example out of somebody, it's the Eric Garner guy and Mm -hmm. some of these other people that you've seen. It probably isn't this guy. I don't know if they were doing that with a manslaughter charge, though. He, he accidentally fucking kills somebody while on duty. Somebody that wasn't doing anything. It's not even like it would be still be okay if it ricocheted and killed like a criminal, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, he, he was he, just walking down. He did kill someone. And you got to imagine on some level if this happened in a different circumstance in a white neighborhood, in a more, you know, exp- well, he wouldn't even be there is the other point. But mm-hmm whatever we we've talked about this before like we said it's on another episode i don't know which one if you i bet if you just google the mandatory samson podcast akai girly you'll you know it'll be in the description or something and you'll be able to find it but anyway 4.5 million to the family and uh we'll see i mean that's pretty much it with this this story and hopefully something like this does not happen again yep barack obama joey another gitmo 
prisoner release. On Monday, the Pentagon announced the single largest transfer of detainees of Barack Obama's presidency. 15 Guantanamo Bay prisoners have been sent to the United Arab Emirates. Thank God for other countries. Well, we're only allowed to send people released from Gitmo to other countries. Because, oh, is that how that's set up? Yes, because oh. the United States does not allow. That's why when the whole thing was going on where Obama was talking about trying to close Guantanamo Bay and Republicans were up in arms, what is he going to do? He's going to put pr- terrorists on American soil? No, there's already a law preventing him from doing that. You guys passed it, so I don't know why you were freaking out. You know that that's not even possible, but they did grandstand and do all this stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, we had to send them to the United Arab Emirates. We've already sent, I believe, five to six there previously other countries whatever the total amount of detainees left at guantanamo bay right now is 61 mm-hmm. 20 of those have been cleared for release all right so that leaves 41 so scot-free no uh yes they are well yes they've been cleared they're not a problem anymore we can send them wherever else 20 of the 20 of the 61 okay now of the 61 seven are facing military commissions so that's 27 people have something going on 20 of them could leave seven of them potentially if they're deemed like clear or whatever they'll get to go or they'll get put into an actual prison out of guantanamo bay which leaves 34 people as the irreducible minimum which we've talked about before on yes. the show 34 people now the question becomes is that really an irreducible minimum? These are people that we cannot charge. We can't try them because we don't mm-hmm. have enough, inf- you know, evidence. But we believe strongly that they are guilty, regardless of whether we're going to try them, which is a very murky gray area. And we can't let them go, and we can't put them in like maximum security prisons in the United States. So what do you do with them? You just got to keep Guantanamo Bay open forever. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. it's going to be a decision for the next president, Hillary. Uh, and what do you think Hillary's going to do? I mean, she's going to expand Guantanamo. Everyone's going to be thrown in there. You kidding me? Yeah. Well, that's l- literally what Trump w- will do. He yeah. said that. Even he said that a number of times. I, th- I think we should be tougher on them, frankly. Yeah. Let them listen to you campaign for two years. I feel like I'm in f- getting fucking tortured every day. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, it's a good question what Hillary would do. I imagine she'd pay lip service to the idea of closing it. Because, look, Obama's taken a lot of shit for not closing Guantanamo Bay. It's not that easy. And it, to me, it seems like he is certainly now trying to get that done before January so as not to leave it for Hillary or anyone Trump. else. Yeah, because if it stays, it's my belief that if it stays open past his presidency, it's never going to close until these guys die or whatever. But you run the risk the longer this goes of this being open of us getting into another war where we take more people and we end up doing the same shit. Like, we're not going to learn from that mistake. Yeah, not at all. Because there's still a big percentage of people that think Guantanamo's important and we have super dangerous people there. There's 60 people there. Let's figure it out. Let's close it. We can put them in max security in the United States. See, because what they have to do is come up with some kind of exit strategy, which they haven't. Like, Well, this is the exit strategy. Yeah, you got to be able to do something with these 34 people. Yeah, well... Again, you can't that we according to you know the Pentagon or whoever's doing the mm-hmm. work there, you can't let them go. They are too dangerous. They are actual threats. Threats. Perfect. So ideally we would just put them in our own prison or whatever and we wouldn't have to deal with it anymore because nobody gets out of a goddamn maximum security prison in the United States. We already have terrorists in there now. Republicans will not let that happen. And probably a big percentage of Democrats won't let that happen either. So you have this situation where you're not just going to release them to what? Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, wherever. Where are you going to put these people? Mm. They travel around. Now they're they're a real threat. You've just let them back out in the world. You can't do that. So 
it's not like just it's shocker armor is going, you know, back to England to live with his family. It's not that situation. Yeah. Supposedly, I don't know. And we're never going to know because they're not going to try them. But interesting, interesting stuff. But I will give the president credit. It's good that he's trying to get this number down as low as possible. And, you know, who knows? Maybe Hillary will will find a way to do it. I don't believe that necessarily. And Trump has already promised he won't. He'll actually exacerbate the problem. So maybe Hillary will reach over to uh, what do you call it? Uh, the alley, the, the aisle, the aisle, yeah, reach yeah. across the aisle. Yeah, reach the across the aisle for their big guy. Yeah, uh, maybe. I mean, listen, Obama. One of the big criticisms of him. We'll wrap up with this. Like mm-hmm. one of his big, like the whole show. I mean, I'm done. 16 minutes. We did a lot. No, okay. Um, one of the big criticisms of Obama is that he has not done a good enough job of getting involved with Congress, both sides of the aisle, getting in there and actually making compromise happen with legislature legislators, meeting with them, doing the bullshit stuff that mm-hmm. Bill Clinton was good at. Go golf with them, schmooze with them, do you know? So that's been a criticism. Now, I think that's excuse me, polar seltzer, strawberry watermelon, very refreshing on a pretty warm day in Manhattan. I think it's a pretty valid complaint about Obama, but I, I think it's also fair to say that the Republicans were not, their strategy is just not to work with Obama, regardless of how much he tried to butter them up and, and get involved. But it is still, it's still his obligation, I think, as the president to do that with the bully pulpit, with, you know, he he's the, he's the leader of the country, so it's his job to really work at that. Even if it's fruitless, you have to be in there every day. I think Hillary Clinton actually will be better in that regard. Republicans hate her, supposedly, but she's a wonk. That's what she said in the thing. Like, details are boring. I love detail. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. And that yes. might be what she's actually good at, you know? Except I think they hate her so much that they won't even bother meeting with her, though. Well, she's the president. She's there. She's going to get a meeting if she wants to do it. Yeah, well, she shows up and then they walk out of the room. Yeah, the maybe. I mean, maybe in a show, sometimes they'll do that. But the problem is you demonize somebody for, you know, the entire campaign. You demonize them for years because Hillary's been around forever. It looks really bad then when you go and work with her. Yeah, it does. That's the problem with this, like, insane rhetoric. There's no, you can't go, this person should be in jail. She jeopardized all of us. She hates America. And then be like, well, we got together with Hillary on, uh, you know, gas prices. It's like, okay, that doesn't, it. yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So, all right, that's what happened. Good job to the president. And hopefully we get that irreducible minimum. I hope that's just a marketing term. We can erase <laughs> that and actually have a zero balance in Guantanamo Bay. Joey, this is a segment of the program. You're writing down zero balance. Yeah. Guantanamo Bay. Uh, this is a segment of the program that I... I'm calling the disaster roundup. Okay. Now I don't want to make light of it because there's, this is serious shit. And I got to say, I don't think this stuff has been covered much. There's a lot of things going on with the presidential election. It doesn't sound the Olympics. It's, it's ugly. It's extremely ugly and it's end of time shit. It, It is end of time shit. Quote unprecedented. There's two parts of this segment. The disaster roundup. The first part is as follows quote unprecedented historic rainfall and flooding which began on saturday has killed at least 11 people and displaced upwards of twenty thousand people in southern louisiana and parts of mississippi uh president obama declared a state of emergency on sunday as the storm unleashed three inches of rain an hour at its peak Flooding reached historic levels and in areas that don't normally flood, so much so that caskets were unearthed 
from a cemetery in Walker, Louisiana. The National Weather Service called this a, quote, 1,000-year disaster, meaning this is a once-in-a-thousand-years disaster. The problem with that mm-hmm. is that that one-in-a-thousand might actually start to become one-in-12, one-in-50. Oh, it's going to happen a lot more. Yes. Oh. Um, what, what do you think about that? I mean, have you followed this at all? You see some of the pictures and the links that I sent you. I, I, I did look at some of the pictures. It's outright scary. Especially when you see the tops of the cars. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's things. This is very hurricane. This is very similar to Hurricane Katrina in the sense that a lot of people didn't leave. The difference is the warnings were not as clear here because it was. It's this again a one in a thousand kind of storm Mm -hmm. that was slow moving and just continually dumped rain. But it wasn't a hurricane. It was just a massive rainstorm that settled over these places and just dumped an incredible amount of water on them. People dead destroyed the the amount of destruction that's taking place in Louisiana. I'm sure is shocking. Hillary has, I guess, barely said anything about it. Trump hasn't said anything about it, but I think he's going there or something. Who knows? But it has not gotten a lot of inches of water. That's unheard of. Yeah, it's it's well, yes, it's historic. This is like record setting rain. And it's, it's, it is unbelievable to me. Now, I do want to say this. I don't want to compare it to Katrina in the sense that, you know, the president is not paying attention, that nothing's being done. Emergency funds are going there. Mm-hmm. You know, relief efforts are underway. It is a state of emergency. It's not like anybody's being forgotten there. People are being taken care of. The fact that only 11 people have died so far or so is telling of that, you know? Yes. Um, you know, unlike Katrina, which was an, a clear disaster and Bush did not handle it correctly. Um, So anyway, listen, we're going to keep our eye on this. I don't have a ton more information about, you know, any of the personal stories or things like that have happened or any fuck ups or anything. Mm -hmm. But the thing obviously that jumps out at you, you go, well, how does climate, how is this affected by climate change? Because you Google Louisiana flood climate change and a number of things come up. You see a New York times article. That's like this. This is how climate change affected this. You see a Washington post one. Hey, look what's going on here. This is clearly climate change. Then you see some other ones. We're like, Al Gore rushes to blame Louisiana flood on climate change, but all the science debunks him. And it's like, what? Okay, that's not the case. I have a couple of quotes here. We'll read them and we can have the quick conversation about it. We'll move on to the next part of the fucking disasters that are taking place across the country. Adam Sobel, you understand why I want to do this, like yes. break down the climate change part, because it's it's always like when we get a huge blizzard, people on the right or people who are, you know, again, don't believe in climate change, even though you don't have to believe in climate change. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. You believe in God. You don't have to believe because you have to. There's no facts. Um, you have to talk about it because as soon as there's like a blizzard, people on the right go, see, it's snowing. There's no climate change. That's not what That's it not is. What it or it's, there's no global warming. Yeah, because it's climate change. Different things are going to occur. Adam Sobel, who is a Columbia University climate scientist, says observations over the U.S. and many other places around the world show that heavy rain events have been becoming heavier over the last several decades. So not that there's more of them necessarily, but the ones that there are going to be, there's more rain coming out of them. They're more powerful Mm -hmm. storms. Climate models very consistently uh, predict that this should happen as the climate warms. And basic physics leads us to interpret this change as in large part, a consequence of uh, increasing water vapor in the atmosphere. On this basis, we can say that climate change has not only likely increased the probability of an event like this, one uh, one still can't say that climate change 
caused this event as each event has many causes and no event can be viewed solely as a consequence of long-term trends. So, okay, that's the other thing. A lot of this shit that you'll hear from climate change deniers when something like this happens, they go, oh, here we go. Everybody on the left and all the scientists are going to be like, see, it's climate. But if you actually read what they're saying, they're like, no, we cannot conclusively say that climate change has something to do with this. What we can do is look at the likely outcomes of climate change and, the, and go, oh, well, this seems like it might have something to do with that. But mm-hmm. there's been no study done yet. It takes a while to do that study. Yes. That's why. Okay. Kevin Trenberth, who's a National Center for Atmospheric Research climate scientist, said in a 2015 paper, and this is really the point. I like this point. He goes, because global warming is real and present, it is not a question as to whether it is playing a role, but what that role is. Right. You have to start from a point of climate change is real. Mm -hmm. If you want to pretend that it's not fine, that's your thing. Not fine, but okay, that's your thing. And we're not going to get past that. Climate change is real. So instead of asking the question, well, did climate change make this happen? Was this the cause? It had it pl- had to play a factor because it's part of the environment now. Yes. That's where we're heading. So, okay, I like that. Do you got any thoughts about this uh, climate change stuff? I don't want to take it there immediately, but there's not a ton more information about the flooding until the water recedes and you see the extent of the damage. Yeah. But the climate change thing isn't important, and this is a reminder of that. If this is a one in a thousand storm and it starts happening every 20 years, we're completely fucked. The people have nowhere to live. Yes, that's absolutely true. But the the main issue is that there was not enough being done to fix the climate, or to yet, yeah. or to help roll in some of these industries that are totally destroying the planet. Yeah, look, I mean, here's the thing: as long as the CEO of Exxon is getting rich, it's okay. Some people look. Some people are going to die. All right, that's just mm-hmm. how it's got to be. Thirty, you know. Thousands of people need to be moved from their home. As long as Exxon is comfortable, I'm happy. Well, Pepsi or whoever it may be. Yeah. Well, right. In this case, I don't know if Pepsi is necessarily contributing to the climate disaster, but right. I get your point. Well, I'll tell you what. That's actually a pretty decent segue because we go into the next part of the disaster roundup. Meanwhile, a wildlife, uh, a wildfire, excuse me, being called Blue Cut named for the trail where it began, has ripped across rural areas outside Los Angeles, forcing 80,000-plus people from their homes. 34,000 homes will be affected by this, definitely, meaning probably burned to the ground. The fire is now 46 square miles and is 0% contained. 0% contained. How many times have we heard this story? And the reason why I said that was a nice segue is because of the drought in california there's been a lot of uproar i don't remember which company specifically and i'm not saying it's pepsi but i'm just saying Mm -hmm. some of the bottled water companies are bottling their water in drought ridden ridden places in california and taking it away from there and selling it you know in the rest of the country oh that's i don't remember which (laughs) one oh my god well because they have listen they bought that water source so it doesn't matter if the people there are dying and there's wildfires and whatever that's the sick and sick part about capitalism and it's it's so crazy when people are blind to that and that is purely cap you know corporate greed there's nothing what else can you say about that x maximizing profits is what that is but that's what i mean but because that is the task of a corporation oh my god uh mike wakowski who's the firefighting incident commander which might be the coolest job title in america says it hit hard 
It hit fast. It hit with an, inten- an intensity we haven't seen before, referring to blue cut, this fire that's mm-hmm. destroying everything in its path in Los Angeles. I got to say, man, like how many more of these do we have to see for people to... I don't know why it's so difficult for people to accept that this is not the type of stuff that we've seen. I'm 30 years old. Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing this stuff as consistently as we have no, these longer drought periods because the drought period lasts not the drought period the wildfire period is lasts like 75 to 80 days longer than it used to yes so fires burn longer they burn more intensely everything's it, dry yeah, lasts everything's dr- longer. absolutely on top of the fact that there's a a historic drought taking place there why doesn't this ring a bell for people like what what it just shocks me at a certain point that people are not willing to look at any of this and go, eh, maybe something is going on. Just give me that. Maybe something's up, right? Something's up because this had, this hasn't happened consistently for the last hundred years. It's happening a lot. Now we have the hottest months on record every month by the biggest average. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it just, it surprises me. Well, the, but it shouldn't, I guess. Well, also the other thing we have to do too, is keep in mind that like 80,000 people had to be evacuated from their homes. Yeah. That's insane. Well, and that that's part and parcel with climate change. I mean, like, we always talk about that, where people that live in, like, low-lying coastal areas or whatever in poor countries, where are they going to go? We're talking millions of people that are going to have to be moved out of their houses or drown. Mm-hmm. And it's the same situation here. Just because it's a fire and not flood, it's still all part of the same environment and same environmental problem. It's 80,000 people that are not in their houses. What if this happens during the school year? Now you're talking 80,000 kids that are out of school. Now yeah. they're missing their edge. It's a vi- fucking vicious cycle. And I believe me, it's a real problem. <laughs> I wouldn't just say I have no stake in this other than I live on the planet. Yes. And I recognize that this is a thing that's happening. So I don't give a shit if Al Gore ends up getting rich on it. And you think that it's a conspiracy theory to get Al Gore rich. Let him because somebody's going to get rich solving every problem we have. Yes. You, you, are we mad at Ford for solving the problem of driving? Oh, I don't want to be in a horse drawn buggy. Are we mad at him for that? No. Oh, speaking about that. I thought we're supposed to like entrepreneurship in America. Because you brought it up. Uh, yeah. Did you hear about what happened in Pittsburgh today? A Plasburg or whatever? Well, why don't you get it right? But I don't know. Okay. I'll get it right. Hold on. It turns out that Uber has released a uh, self-driving car. Really? Yes. Like that is in operation. How? How could it possibly be in operation? Like it drives people around? It drives people around. There is somebody behind the wheel just in case if anything should oh, go wrong. Okay. And here, I, I bring it up. It is... Plit- oh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is where it's going to be added. Uber teamed up with uh, Volvo. Uh, Volvo? Volvo? V-O-L-V-O. Yeah, Volvo. Yeah, Volvo. Fuck yeah, Volvos are dope. Yep. Interesting. Let me say this about the self-driving car thing. I'm all for it. Oh, no. You're against self-driving car? 100%. Tra- takes away jobs. You fucking Luddite. Takes oh. away jobs. Well, how about this? Yes. I'm going to one-up you, you son okay. of a bitch. So you get a self-driving car. Yes. All right, maybe you don't need a driver anymore. Mm-hmm. Here's what you do need. Concierge. Somebody that's going to go, oh, hi, sir. Here, I'll serve you food. Whatever. You can have bigger self-driving cars, like big like mobile Homes that drive really fast. The reason why <laughs> that's just a crazy. Uh, you know thing. what happens after the self-driving cars? What self-driving trucks? Yeah, absolutely. And that means everybody who drives a truck, 
which is a major well, employment I'm, in this country. I'm sorry, but the but you know, let me say this. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing as like we're going to save coal country. The fuck you're going to save? You're not going to save coal country. You know why? We don't need coal anymore. There's better ways to do this. Eventually, you're going to lose that job. The reality is most people are going to lose like their auto, you know, a lot of jobs can be automated. Although I don't believe it about fast food workers. Nonsense. They could have done it. They would have done it already. Anyway, my mm-hmm. point about the self-driving cars and robots taking over these jobs, that's good. That's going to free us from having to work randomly. It's going to take away the aspect of labor in terms of connecting it to your life, being able to live and have X, Y, and Z. We're just going to be in a society where eventually you can see it happening. Things are just going to be taken care of for us. And we're just going to have a lot of time to wonder about where we actually are in space, how to get along with people and, and, and this and that until we get absorbed into the, uh, you the know, spaceship. the, con- yeah, the spaceship or the, the collective consciousness or whatever you want to call it. I'm all for it, especially because if you have all self-driving cars, they don't have to obey the laws the way that we do. Because they're all going to be aware of each other. Forget 25 mile an hour zones or whatever. You'll be doing 80 everywhere. You'll be traveling so fast because the cars aren't going to crash into each other. No, there's not like no schools around where people leave. You know, the Dr- kids, you get a different know, route the around the school zone. Okay, fine. They can slow down around the school <laughs> zone. But I'm just, you know, understand what I'm saying? Yes. Highways don't need a speed limit. You could be doing 200 miles an hour on the highway. Mm-hmm. Yes, people are going to die sometimes. Very rarely, probably way less than they would if people were driving. We need those jobs, Chris. I don't remember how we got on this. Uh, we were talking about climate change, but yes. it is what... Oh, you just brought it up. Yeah, okay. So Uber's got a self-driving car. Yeah, I'd be for it. That's fine. Okay. It probably knows how to get there faster than everybody. It's got the Google Maps working. Absolutely. It's Google Maps. It's its brain. It knows what's <laughs> up. Uh, all right, Joey. I'll tell you what. We got a couple more stories here. I'm trying to figure out where we want to put our... All right, let's do this one more story, and then we'll, we'll do our sponsor. Sound good? Sounds great. So this is an interesting one. This is more just a conversation that we're going to have... The burkini ban in, <laughs> I've been saying this all day. So it's con France, but I want to say con France. And I also want to say bon instead of ban, ban can France or bon con France. <laughs> it's can, isn't it? Yeah. Like con, can, I don't know. I'm no? going to say, con, yeah, classless American. <laughs> uh, the burkini bon in con. Uh, con France mayor David Lisnard has banned the wearing of burkinis a beachwear designed to approximate a burqa on the beaches of the French Riviera. Full face veils are banned already in public places in France. Um, and I have the quote in the email here, and then we can kind of just have a discussion about mm-hmm. it. Access, this is in the ruling, access to beaches and for swimming is banned to anyone who does not have bathing apparel, which respects good customs and secularism. Beachwear, which ostentatiously displays religious affiliation when France and places of worship are currently the target of terrorist attacks, is liable to create uh, risks of disrupting public order, crowds, scuffles, etc., which uh, it is necessary to prevent. Thierry Migol, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, who is the head of the Con Municipal Services, says, we are not talking about banning the wearing of religious symbols on the beach. But ostentatious clothing, which refers to an allegiance to terrorist movements, which are at war with us, uh, it takes a, takes it too far. There, just wearing the the burkini does not mean that you're pledging allegiance to ISIS or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on this, Joey? To me, it feels like they uh, they're nitpicking and they're going after people. Well, they're definitely going after something, right? Yes. I mean, I let me say this on its face. I like it. I like the idea of saying, listen, 
this isn't the middle ages anymore. We don't need to believe in these religious protocols. This is France. This is France. We want it to be a secular place. We want people to have freedom and be able to go out into public and just live their lives without having to, you know, adhere to these very strict religious ideologies. Mm -hmm. I get on its on principle. I do agree with that. Here's the problem. What if somebody's just wearing a bikini and is wearing like a cover up with a hood? It's essentially the same thing. They just don't, they're not Muslim. So it's not called a burkini, but you could do it the same way. So you're, why wouldn't you tell that person not to do it? Would they? I don't know. Is it just because it's called a burkini? I understand how it is going after a particular religion, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't want nuns showing up at the, I mean, I guess I wouldn't care. I don't care either way, frankly, but yeah, if nuns are going to show up at the beach with their fucking habit on and all that crap, it's weird. Stop. We we don't need this type of like religion. Well, it's different nuns and just a regular person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I kind of want to have a conversation about it because I'm conflicted. On one hand, like I said, I, I think religion is a big problem in the world. It seems to cause a lot more issues than it helps in a lot of ways. The The dogma of religion, not necessarily the idea of you know, being a good person and do it, you mm-hmm. know, being a moral person, all that stuff. That's fine. If it's your personal thing, do it. And it's also a personal choice for these women that are choosing to wear the burkini. I'm assuming they're not, nobody's telling them to, you know, forcing them to wear it other than the idea that they grew up in that type of religion. And that's, that's what's expected of them, you know? Yeah. And France is supposed to be an open place where each individual is accepted and certain individuals are not being accepted based on their religious beliefs. Yeah. But here's the thing that doesn't mean the person is being uh, accepted. It just means part of the religion that is really just a, product of where you were born at a certain point i mean i was born on the east coast in the united states uh, you know to I, an irish uh, and an italian person so i was catholic growing up that's because i was born here if i was born in the equivalent in wherever pakistan i might be muslim but it doesn't mean that either one is right or true or any of that stuff so the customs and the principles of that thing are just just that there's just these made up things that we're choosing to accept However, when you reach, you know, a certain age, you can decide for yourself in which religion or ideals you accept to be true. Yeah, but most of the, I mean, how, I don't have stats on this. I'm just going to make up a stat. I got to assume okay. that, you know, at least 51% of people that grow up in a religion keep that religion. You know what I mean? Like, how often are people really, like, changing their religion later in life? Most people stay that religion, even if they're not super devout they're going to stay the religion that they were born. Like, would you identify as Catholic? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Cause you were born, you know, into that religion. However, being but an you open-minded don't practice person or do anything, you know? Yeah. But if I chose to be part of another religion, I would do the necessary steps to do that. And I would want every aspect of that religion to be allowed at a beach. I don't know, man. See, this is the thing. Well, here's really the question. Look, I'm not saying we should should ban burkini. You want to wear a burkini to the beach? It's kooky because it's a black bathing suit that covers your head and everything. It's, God knows, probably pretty fucking hot on the French Riviera. But God bless you. You want to do it, go for it. But you Um, can't now. Well, okay, but let me finish what I'm saying. But at what point is it okay for the state that you live in, the country that you Mm -hmm. live in, to trump... Like the laws of that place that you're choosing to be a citizen of, when do the rules or the ideals or the whatever, you know, the secular, whatever things they're talking about, when does that get to Trump? Should it ever be able to Trump just kind of the made up religious beliefs? Because again, 
unprovable. The the religious thing is purely based on, I believe it. Okay. But we are here right now for sure. We wrote these things that we think are ideal for this society. Let's try to get on board with that. Well, at what sure. point is that okay? Well, also the other... Th- I'm just asking the... You know, I'm just trying to have a conversation. I'm yes. not saying there's a right or a wrong. In my gut, though, I like the idea of being able to be like... Yeah, you know what? We're not gonna. We, no, we're not gonna. We're not gonna do this whole religious thing here. We just don't want to. And you know, this is a reaction, obviously, in part to the attack that just took place there. Yes, on because- Bastille Day. But okay, so you know, it is. It is particularly motivated, uh, particularly about Muslims. But I'm just saying yes. in general. I'm just using it as a jumping-off point for the conversation. Well, the, well, the other question becomes: How many people does this actually affect? Too, because how many of that religion would be going to the beach at this exact time too. Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I have no idea. I don't know what the percentage of, you know, Muslim women that wear a burqa that also go, go to the beach, you know, it's mm-hmm. a, who knows, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one because take the religious aspect. And I've had, you know, I've seen some people kind of comment in the, in the comments, which I appreciate. I'm not like mad about it. I'm just bringing it up that I guess a couple of weeks ago, I forget what we were talking about where I, I may maybe said, I didn't say burqa. I said something else or I said headscarf. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, Oh, you know, Hey, like be respectful. I was like, yeah, I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. I just called it a headscarf. Um, and then somebody else commented like, yeah, I've noticed that some liberal people can sort of be insensitive to religious c- beliefs. It's a, yeah. Why do I, but that's the thing. If mm-hmm. I'm not being disrespectful to the person, why, why is me not believing in the culture of that thing? Why, why is that disrespectful at a certain point? Because it's disrespectful because you're not using the proper name, which it has been but, used. But here's the and thing. And that's why things have names. Is, well, but it is a headscarf. It is also a headscarf just because in the religious context, I don't know if there is a religious context to burqa or if that's just like an Arab word for it. I don't know. But it is literally, it is a head. It's a scarf that covers your head. So I wasn't being disrespectful or flippant about it. That is actually what it is, especially if I don't subscribe to that religion. Why would I call it what you call it? Some people like to nitpick. Like the yarmulke, I just call it the, the hat, the little beanie hat. No. I do, but I don't have a problem doing that, and nobody's going to get mad that I said that. I think there will be a, well, one or two comments about that. Look, I hope so. I mean, I'm just trying to have a conversation, and I'm really, again, the 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 covering of your head and all that stuff mm-hmm. is part of a religion. That is in a way oppressive to women because the men don't have to do that, but you're free to uh, do that. You're free to oppress yourself to a certain extent. If you believe in that, which is the catch 22 of the whole thing. I think you should, if it, if it makes you happy and that's something you want to do, do it. But I'm also conflicted because I think that a country should be able to say, no, we're not going to buy into this crazy shit. I agree. And it's not just because it's Muslims or whatever. Any of it is crazy shit. Yeah. I don't know, it's a weird one, Joe. It's tough. That's why in this country we believe this is a separation of church and state. Yeah, which something, doesn't exist at all. But <laughs> Yes, something that, you know, so, like France, for the most part, is in that same boat as well. Well, France has taken it to a level, I think, that you're not seeing in a lot of other, you know, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you're seeing it to the level that you're seeing in France where it's this sort of outspoken, like, no, stop it with that. You know, the Charlie Hebdo stuff where they're 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 drawing pictures of Muhammad and being very uh, provocative about religion and all that stuff. 
I don't think you're seeing that in a lot of other Western countries necessarily. Uh, and that could be a factor into why the attacks are happening predominantly in France too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, they are provoked, which speaks volumes then <laughs> if it's that, if words are going to provoke an attack and now I understand there's discrimination going on in certain parts of France where people do feel marginalized, then they become easily, you know, ingrained into a more radical ideology because they don't feel like the society at large. But then it's also on them a little bit for being too into the religion. It's a very complicated goddamn thing. There's no answer. I'm just trying. No. I'm just trying to talk it out. But this is the type of stuff that I think about all the time because we're allowing something that isn't real in the purest sense. You know, like mm-hmm. Muhammad, Jesus, whoever. I don't know. Are they real? I have no idea. But I do know that France, as far as my eyes and senses can tell is real based on all what we've agreed on and the people here have come up with these ideas over the course of hundreds and hundreds of years and that's the culture that we live in so why is it not okay to fight back against religion we talk about religion nope that's their culture can't touch it it's sacred no it's not just because it was written in a book a long time ago so what a thousand years from now the declaration of independence the constitution that's going to have been written in a book a thousand years ago is that sacred Yes. Yeah, to certain people on the right, the strict Ted Cruz, strict constitutionalist. All right, I don't know. Am I just rambling about? I it? think you're just rambling. All right. Well, I want. Okay, but you get you understand my point. Yes. All right. You, you got anything? Final thoughts on this before we move on? Uh, the f- France is just trying to do what is best for France. I guess. Yeah, and definitely they're running a little scared now. Probably rightfully so, or you know, but it's wrongly directed at women wearing burkinis to the beach, but. Yeah, you got a bit of a, a situation because ISIS apparently, I can't believe I just said ISIS, but ter- you know, terrorist, lone wolf-minded people are going after France, obviously, pretty yes. hard right now. So, all right. We'll probably continue having this conversation at some point. I'm sure the comments will be <laughs> lovely on that. We'll see what happens. Joey, let's thank our sponsor before we get into the next thing. Wix.com. A great business needs a stunning website. And with Wix.com, you can do it all by yourself. Wix.com makes it easy to look amazing online no matter what type of business you're in. Show off your images in a beautiful gallery, grow your contact list, and get all your social media in one place, just the way you want. Your customers are going to love it. So what are you waiting for? Show the world what you can do. Go to Wix.com and create your stunning website today. It's easy and free. Okay, so you ready to get back into it, Joey? Yes, I am. Uh, I mentioned this last week, and it was something that I you know, wanted to look a little bit deeper into. I got to be honest. I didn't look into it as deeply as I would have liked again this week, but I did read into it more than I did last week. And I have a couple of quotes from the DOJ report on Baltimore police, which came out, Mm -hmm. uh, it came out last Wednesday and I have a couple of more than a couple like lines from it, from an article that I read, which are some of the, like the, the headlines that could be pulled out of this report that are just it's almost stunning that this is the type of stuff that's going on, except for the fact that we've seen a lot of bad shit. Freddie Gray go down in Baltimore and and there's been some problems there. So let me just read some of these things. We can have a quick discussion about it, but I feel like I don't want to leave it out there and not talk about it because again, this is other stuff that I, I don't feel like I'm seeing often out in the media because it's a fucking circus right now and we should cover it because it's something that should be put out there. Well, also I feel that, this is a very sensitive issue that you're right. That is not being touched upon enough. Well, especially in the context of 
the police getting killed, the, you know, we're, again, we've covered it extensively. A lot of unarmed black people killed in this country with seemingly, you know, no consequence. Um, this is an actual report that, that could explain in part why there is this distrust between certain communities and the police. Mm-hmm. And yeah, th- this is the right time to talk about it. If not, when, if, you know, when is it going to be brought up again until another bunch of cops get shot, another bunch of uh, innocent or whatever, uh, just black citizens are getting killed in the street. Not that every one of them is completely innocent. Like we go back to the kid stealing the Jaguar, but he still mm-hmm. shouldn't be dead. Um, all right. So here's some of the things that come out of the report. A woman with a broken headlight was publicly strip searched necessary just on the side of the road. They stripped her and, and searched her there. That's doesn't seem appropriate. A black officer with a reputation for speaking out over misconduct, which is exactly what we want. Mm-hmm. We want all the police to do that. Yes. Police yourselves. Make sure that you're going after the cops that are not good and are doing the wrong thing, like you're going to see a number of times in this report. A black officer with a reputation for speaking out over misconduct was harassed by a supervisor who placed signs warning him to, quote, stay in your lane and, quote, mind your business on his desk. Yeah, we don't like whistleblowers. We never did and never will. Yeah, we're not a country that that is very uh, accepting of whistleblowers. An officer decided not to report a colleague for planting drugs because he feared retaliation, which that's the problem. I guarantee that happens way more often than we'd like to accept. Well, the other thing, too, that we have a habit of doing is not remembering that these police officers are human beings of families. And a lot of them are doing this to support their families. Uh, it's a job. It's a job. You know, and there's a lot of people that are doing it not because they love being cops or they want to. There's a big percentage, I'm sure, that do do that. But just like everybody else that you've ever encountered at work or anywhere, there's people that are there just to be there and clock out. And that's that's it. They're not trying to make a big difference. No. Or they are animals and they just want to. They are a problem. They want to be a problem. They want to exert power over somebody that they know that they are you know that they can exert power over but i'm pretty sure in this situation there had to be a way that this officer would have been able to go to his superiors without the face of retaliation i don't know i disagree because what if the supervisor is the problem oftentimes you'll see in these incidents and it's not just in the police department i think you can see it in a lot of different environments that are that are similar to this where if somebody's a problem, they can't do their job, they, they choke too many people, you know, all right, you, 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 you get promoted, we'll get you off the street, we'll just give you a desk job. Um, and then they end up becoming the supervisor as opposed to somebody that just gets kicked off the force. So I, I can't say that that's the case. We saw it with Chelsea Manning. She tried to go up the proper protocol, the proper chain of command, and they told her to go and fuck herself. Lost. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's an issue, and we can't pretend that that's not. Uh, an officer harassed a mother and her son outside their home, ultimately arresting the juvenile for, quote, loitering, even though it was his property. Now, by the way, I'm just reading these, like, one-line descriptions of it. Mm-hmm. There's evidence of this. I mean, there's, like, police reports where they actually say it, and it's all in the report. But, you know, I don't have to read the whole report. The Justice Department... I just want you to know yeah, that okay. I would listen to you read that whole part. Ah, uh, thanks, babe. Mm-hmm. The Justice Department found that officers had been, had been accused... Th- listen to this one had been accused more than 60 times of using the word nigger, but the Baltimore Police Department didn't classify the language as a racial slur. 
The N-word is not a racial slur, according to the Baltimore Police Department. So you, the officers can call you that all they want. You can complain about it all you want, but it's not even in the handbook as something that's a real... What are you out of your fucking mind? It's the racial slur. Yeah, I'm not going to touch that one with a 10-foot ball. I'm just saying it for, yes. you know, okay, but it's like... All right. More than 100 complaints about alleged use of racial slurs and epithets were not properly classified. Yes. Sure. It's not. Look, you can complain. Because if you don't classify it, you don't have to worry about it. Is that insane? How could that not be classified? Because they don't want to have to deal with that. It's a touchy subject. It's not that touchy. There's basically nobody that hears it and goes, yeah, it's cool. Like, you go, all right, you shouldn't be called that as a pejorative. It's a racial slur. We know that it is. It's the... It is the, like I said, it is the racial slur. But if they don't classify it as such, then they don't have to write a report on it. Oh, absolutely. But that's, it's ridiculous. An officer used a taser on a man who was yelling and swearing. In his report, the officer said the man's weapon was his mouth. That he didn't like, that the guy was like assaulting him with his words. Pen is mightier than the sword, but I don't know how it applies to this. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, but I like that you said it anyway. Uh, in emails between a prosecutor, this, this one is vulgar. In emails between a prosecutor and a police officer, the prosecutor called a woman who said she'd been sexually assaulted a, quote, conniving little whore. And the officer replied, LMAO, which is laughing my ass off, exclamation point. I feel the same. That sounds like a great band. LM- that's LMFAO and they're no not band. that yeah. Can, oh can I, can I a little horn? it probably would be a cool yeah just like a female like alt rock band or something um, Courtney Love's new side project but anyway but it's like let's not make light of that that's terrible yes that a woman does the right thing says hey I, I was sexually assaulted and they think that she's making it up they call her conniving wow it's terrific also notice the relationship between the police and the prosecutor which is a factor in why people aren't being uh, actually put in jail or prosecuted because they work together all the time. They have a yes. relationship. A number of sexual assault investigations started by asking women, why are you messing up that guy's life? Woods cannot describe at how mad that makes me. Really? That really gets you. That's unbelievable. It's not unbelievable, but right, but it's very frustrating. Because it's going off right off the bat that she's lying Yep, and she's doing it for the attention. Right. Yeah. And she's automatically trying to stow up trouble. Yes. Yeah. And it all could absolutely you're absolutely right. It could also be, okay, look, yeah, maybe he did something to you, but like, come on, the guy's got a life. What are you doing? Like it could even be that. Like, yeah, we believe you that maybe something happened, but not only that, but that man's life is more important than she is. Yes, absolutely. And that's the thing. That that is exactly the intention of what, what is being said there. Again, it's because also Because who is he? Right. Who it's gives a, a shit? Unbelievable. If he if he if, he raped her, sexually assaulted her. Bye. We don't need you. We need her more than we need you for sure. During a de- listen to this. Listen how crazy this is. During a Department of Justice ride along, the Department of Justice people are there with the cops. Yes. A sergeant told an officer to quote make something up to justify a bogus stop in front of the DOJ people that were there to to like take the report. That's how ingrained some of the shit is in their behavior. They were just like, eh, they're not there. A commander instructed a sergeant to tell her officers to, quote, lock up all the black hoodies in her district. Uh, she's talking about clothing, right? Yes, but she's saying, like, the, tr- you know, Trayvon Martin, like, oh. that goes back to, like, the hoodie. Like, anybody with a black hoodie, they're a problem. Like, okay, I wear a black hoodie every chance I get. Am I a problem? Should I be rounded up? Am I a problem? Just, just for wearing that. A f- this one, 
hurts. A form for trespass arrests already had blackmail filled out. They had a form that already had blackmail filled in for the person's description. Mm-hmm. That's bad. We don't have a race problem in this. There's no. There's no systemic racism in this country. It's like this shit is not isolated to Baltimore. Newsflash. Well, you also have to keep in mind someone took the time to write it out. It wasn't like it was typed in already. No, it was typed out. That's what I'm saying. They oh. typed it in. Like oh, a form Jesus. that you would get where it would say Mr. or Mrs. You know what I mean? It, it had blackmail already typed in because they're like, well, we're going to get a lot of these. Oh, my God. Yeah. Pro- probably not the best uh, practice. A wh- this is the last one. A white officer allegedly threatened a black teen days after the acquittal of George Zimmerman, who killed Trayvon Martin by saying he should, quote, put a hoodie on and come to my neighborhood. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a not a good time in uh, the current atmosphere. Well, is it is it the current atmosphere? This is the shit that's always been going on. It's just now it's coming to the light. No, and yeah. people are actually talking about it. And maybe something can be done about it. A DOJ report was done on this stuff. Let's see what actually changes. But it's not a new phenomenon that that black people in this country are treated very poorly. Poor people in this country are treated very poorly, and the police do play a role in that. I'm not saying that it's completely on them, but yeah, in some of these circumstances here, which are documented, like proven true things and events that actually occurred. Yeah. It's the, this is on the police. Yeah. It's not good. So anyway, I want to put that out there now. And of course, as always, all this, how is any of this to protect and to serve? Oh, I mean, it's to protect and serve their own interests is really what, how that sentence should end. Um, yeah, it's a bad thing. We're going to keep our eye on it. Very bad. Very bad. Uh, we're going to keep our eye on it. We'll see if any changes are made soon. We'll you know, we'll just keep our eye on it any more of this stuff comes out. But yeah, I got to put at least a little bit of a spotlight on that. That's insane. It's crazy shit. It really is. Um, listen to this, Joe. Before we get to the 2016 update and this wonderful clip that I can't wait to play. I want to talk about some of this weed stuff that I've seen going on. I've been saving a lot of this stuff for a couple of weeks. I've been mentioning it. Might as well get into it. Last Thursday, the DEA, the Department of whatever, I don't remember what the DEA stands for. Oh. Drug Enforcement Agency. This is a crying sham. Oh, absolutely. Rejected calls to reclassify marijuana, electing to keep it Schedule 1, which means no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse. Mm -hmm. Uh, Researchers at the University, University of Georgia... I have a question for you. Good. How can you abuse something that's not addictive? Well, look, you can abu- you certainly can abuse something that's not addictive. It just means that when you stop abusing it, you won't physically feel dependent to try to abuse that thing. You can abuse anything. You could abuse uh well, as the Catholic Church would say, masturbation is self-abuse. So you can self you can abuse that too much, right? Mm-hmm. You can do overdo anything, essentially is what it's saying. But right, let's look at what I have the schedules here before I even get into any of the other stuff. Schedule one drugs include things like heroin, mm-hmm. which, okay, fine. But meanwhile, don't we use opiates, which is the same, you know, comes from the same family. Don't we use that to treat pain and things like that? As long as it's from a script, it's okay. But that's what I'm a saying. Drug but that has can a, give it out. That has a medical usage. Usage. Okay. Mm-hmm. Heroin, LSD, marijuana, uh, ecstasy uh peyote these are things in the schedule one marijuana is the one that does not fit in any of that now lsd by the way it's really only dangerous because it might 
broaden your consciousness and make you not want to be buy into the system anymore. That's the problem with a lot of this stuff. Heroin does the same thing also to a certain extent, although heroin is obviously very addictive and very deadly. It's not the greatest thing in the world to be on. Marijuana is not going to fucking kill you. You could smoke marijuana all goddamn day and it's not going to kill you. It will, however, make you look at things a little bit differently and maybe adjust your perspective. And that is, I think, why a lot of the stuff was dangerous to begin with, you know? LSD for sure. I, I Ecstasy. I, I love everybody. You know what? We're all one. I see that. That's probably a dangerous thing when you're trying to fucking sell Hondas, you know? I feel that with the marijuana, it's more of the drug companies losing possible profits than it is of... It's definitely tied up in that, but that's not maybe not how it started. It really started with uh what the fuck's his face uh randolph hearst william randolph hearst he was printing his paper on his newspapers on a particular type of paper hemp it turned out was a lot cheaper easier to grow all that stuff he didn't want to switch his his paper printing over to hemp so he demonized it lumped it in with marijuana and was like it's gonna drive you crazy the fucking mexicans are coming it's the same Mm -hmm. you know trump bullshit uh, just packaged in a different way. And they bought it. So that's where it started. But there's, a, of course, there's a lot of different interests there. You, you think the 60s didn't scare the shit out of the fucking squares, the, the Mitt Romney-looking people in the world? Like, yeah, it's scary when there's people going, wait, I think we're doing this whole fucking thing wrong. I think this is all wrong. That's scary. And there's, there's certain, some of these drugs like LSD, marijuana to a lesser extent. Yeah, that's going to make you look at it and go, Man, I bet we could be doing this completely differently. We're just on a rock in space. Yeah. Some Schedule 2 drugs, Joey, things that are deemed less dangerous than marijuana. Uh, Vicodin. Oh, that's good. Dilaudid, which is like what you give people when they're dying. It's that strong an opiate. Demerol, Oxycontin, Fentanyl, Adderall, Ritalin, legal cocaine, essentially. Like, come on, man. Those are less dangerous and more uh medically proven than marijuana yes it is it's kooky bro schedule three drugs nine less than 90 milligrams of codeine tylenol with codeine ketamine anabolic steroids testosterone okay Mm. maybe but anyway schedule four xanax soma uh valium ativan ambien tramadol these are all schedule four drugs way way less dangerous than marijuana Schedule five, Lyrica. What the fuck's Lyrica? I see it on TV, but I don't know what it is. It's a painkiller for nerves, I believe. It, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think you're actually right about that. Any of this shit, codeine cough syrup, the thing that almost killed Little Wayne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, that, Little Wayne almost killed Little Wayne, let's be honest. He doesn't have to be doing it. He doesn't have to be doing it, but God, God bless him. He was certainly making some great albums when he was on that tilt, <laughs> getting high and on that lean. Uh, but anyway, okay, so it's fr- it's frustrating when I see this stuff because clearly marijuana, alcohol is fucking not even on here, I don't think. Way worse than all this shit. Yes, not alcohol. Way, not way worse than all this shit. I don't mean that, but way worse than, than cannabis. Yes, but there's a, uh, they have a club that looks out for the alcohol. Very, very much so. Yeah, the alcohol, tobacco, yes. firearm. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a, totally, it's just the acceptable drug. It's just yes. a drug that we're all willing to accept, even though marijuana is definitely better for you because you can sell it to everyone over the age of 21 and everything's fine fine and dandy right well meanwhile by the way marijuana not only just better for you than alcohol good for you in many ways (laughs) stress relief pain relief um in some studies kills cancer cells in the lungs like good for you 
Mm-hmm. Not not just better than alcohol. Good. Alcohol, not good for you, really. Now, the question is, how long does it remain a Schedule 1? Like, when does it get reviewed again? Well, here, I got a quote from Chuck Rosenberg, who's the acting DEA administrator. He says, right now, right now, the science doesn't support the reclassification. The decisions isn't based on danger, but rather on whether marijuana, as determined by the FDA, is a safe and effective medicine, and it is not, which, bullshit, there's plenty of proof that it is. They are opening up more options to study marijuana. Right now, Old Miss, the university, they are one of the only places where you can get state-sanctioned marijuana to okay. do research, and it's not that good. You know where you can get the better weed from? The legal places, Colorado, California, which is like, wink, wink, mm-hmm. not legal, but it's totally legal. That's where you actually want to study the marijuana, where people are actually using it, and where it's good, and it's being cultivated in an interesting way. That's the stuff that they'll actually have more access to now, so they can do more research. So hopefully, once they do that, and that information comes out, then they will be able to reschedule it. See, I... I feel that this is also a power play move where the federal government, I think, is going to start to make it an issue with the individual states. Meaning? Meaning because it is illegal. No, I don't think it's so. It's a Schedule 1. Well, if And Trump they're going to gets- march into Colorado no. and fucking close down Obama everything. won't. Hillary's not going to fucking do that shit. I'll tell you what. Here's Donald Trump. I think it's bad. Medical marijuana is another thing, but I think it's bad. And I feel strongly about that. Chris Christie, who would potentially be Trump's uh, attorney general vehemently against marijuana that tubby piece of shit Mm. that's that's who would be in office with trump so i think that's a legitimate thing if they got into office that that's something they would go after i don't think hillary would go after that i really don't okay that's good that's a positive thing i don't know how much she'd help it but she won't be after it i I think so i think she i think it would be status quo i think it would stay the kind of the way that obama is or over the course of four years eight years if she's in office i think opinions are going to change and i have some information about that finally for the first time ever, according to YouGov, more Republicans support legalization than oppose it. 45 wow. to 42. It was 28% support in 2014. Now it's up to 45%. First time ever that marijuana is more, legalization of marijuana is more favorable than uh, disapproved of in the Republican side. Well, times have changed. Absolutely, they change very quickly. Contributing to that, researchers at the University of Georgia published a study in the journal Health Affairs, which is also the title of my Grey's Anatomy erotic fan fiction, Health Affairs, but <laughs> you can check it out on my way. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Hack! <laughs> uh, they published in the journal Health Affairs recently showing a decrease in prescription drug use and a $165.2 million Medicare savings in the seven states with medical marijuana. Uh, How much money? They were, was saved to 165 and a half million dollars in the Medicare uh, in Medicare in those 17 states. So you're telling me that's money out of the drunk uh, drug and insurance companies. Well, no, Medicare is getting paid through the government. The government pays Medicare. That's coming out through tax money. We pay for that. It's part of the the program. If you extended, if you legalized marijuana, uh-huh. like or medical marijuana, throughout 50 states. $468 million a year would be saved. Now, again, these are small numbers because it's not le- whatever. But think about the amount of money that you'd be saving on just people that are doing over-the-counter medication or whatever. Mm-hmm. That are, it makes a big difference health-wise and in the pocketbook, which is what people are always arguing about. I We'll close with this. I do not understand. Like Trump v- feels strongly against it. It's bad. 
These are the personal His responsibility. But they but they vote on the lip service of personal responsibility, states' rights, freedom to cho- choose. Like that's weed. Why why would you not? This is a fucking issue ripe for the taking for the Republicans because the Democrats haven't gone hard into it. They they're not again. They're sort of yeah, it's fine, but they're not legalizing it. This is a Republican issue, and they are being insane not to jump on it. What's that club that protects alcohol? Are you saying the to whatever tobacco firearms? All yes, that shit? that shit is, you know, in the Republican pocket. Yeah. Well, if they say weed is bad, weed is bad. Well, but that's a government body. I mean, but there's lobbying. Certainly, we've talked about the prison guard unions, this and that. Again, the Republicans are a law and order thing. That's what Trump is running on. But it's a obvious thing that they should go after. Yes. Because if you're not getting the youth vote, you're not getting the minority vote. You're not getting places. They're not getting any of people. But I'm saying people are being uh, black. People are being locked up for petty marijuana offenses. Hey, maybe if you stopped going after people for smoking small amounts of marijuana or whatever, legalized it. Guess what? Maybe people who are in communities that get affected by that would see and go, Oh wow. The Republicans actually supported that. That benefits me. (laughs) That's actually an issue that could get into that. Uh, community, otherwise, which otherwise you're not going to be into because you don't do anything else to help them. Yeah. It's such an uh, and it is the right thing to do. So God forbid we just did the right thing, but man, that's a fun, that is an issue that the Republicans could jump on, and not then the Re- Democrats could play. Yeah, they're not going to. It's stupid. They're actually going the opposite. When time, ugh, it's so frustrating to watch when evolution occurs when the culture changes they're resistant that's why they're called conservative they are too conservative they're not progressive that that is literally the difference they can't adapt they were they they go harder the other way no in fact marijuana is worse than heroin oh my god it's so clearly not but they they will that is what ends up happening i don't understand that idea and that will continue to happen you know what evolution is joey like how people evolve uh-huh. the ones who are quickest to adapt survive it's not the it's not the fastest. It's not the strong. It's the ones that go. Oh, this is where the, this is where this is going. Adapt now. You've survived. Stop fighting progress. It is obvious your base up supports it. Let it happen. Stop being crazy. And you can probably pick off some Democratic voters, but they're not going to do it. No. Nope. All right. Ready to get into the 2016 update, Joe? Yes. It's a quick one. I got some numbers here. I got some interesting stuff about the Trump campaign, and then we're going to play this clip. I can't wait for is it. Is it up in fire yet? Huh? The campaign. It is. It is up in flame. It is blue cut in that Trump campaign. 538.com polls only. Hillary Clinton, 88.3% chance of winning this election. Trump is at 116 now. So <laughs> the numbers are just pitiful. It's over. I mean, yes. let's, it is essentially over. Polls plus Hillary Clinton has a 78.5% chance of winning Trump 21.4 polls plus factors in economic data, historic data. So Mm -hmm. that makes sense, but it's still almost 80%. That's very high. If the election was held today, 89 and a half percent chance that Hillary Clinton would win the election. 10.4 for Trump. Uh, Jill Stein update for me, who who I can vote for New York, 99.4% chance Hillary wins 0.5% chance Trump wins. That actually went up. For Hillary since the last time we mentioned that. <laughs> Here's some other numbers. Now, this is to people that might be leaning to the right. That's fine. Or, or you need some ammunition to talk to people to try to get them not to vote for Trump because mm-hmm. that, again, is my personal mission. Just to get my dad not to vote for Trump. If I can do that, then I've won. It's one vote. It's okay. It's my personal battle and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on it. 
He can vote for whoever he wants. He doesn't have to vote for Hillary. Just don't not, do not vote for Trump. If you're waging that same battle that I am, here's some extra numbers just in case you want to hear them. Hillary Clinton has a 52.5% chance of winning Georgia. Between 1984 and 2012, Georgia's gone Republican, except for 1992 when Bill Clinton won the state. Otherwise, since 84, it's gone Republican. Hillary's winning Georgia right now. Mm. Georgia. In Arizona, Hillary Clinton has a 56.7% chance of winning Arizona. Arizona, from 1976 to 2012, has gone Republican, except for 1996 when Bill Clinton won. Mm-hmm. Okay, 1976, Hillary is probably going to win Arizona. Hillary is going to redo the map. Totally. I mean, we're... A, it's Trump's fault, but Hillary's going to redo the map. It's partly Trump's... I mean, Trump is the worst case scenario for them, but this was not going to go well either way. But Texas in a decade is going to go Democrat. You're, you're going to see huge problems here. You're only getting the... Yeah, whatever. I'm not going to disparage all the other states, but like you're going to lose all this. You're only going to get the states where it's poor white people. And that's it. You're just not going to win states that have multiculture, mixed race. You're just not going to see it. Nope. And fine. Texas is going to be a huge loss. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that gets lost in the shuffle too, where a big. That's game over. There's like no point. No, it's game over. Uh, You're absolutely right a big Republican like cudgel to people on the right. It's like, well, welfare and all this shit, that's just to get minorities to vote for you. Well, what do you think all this, this shit about keeping Mexicans out of Texas is about? You don't think it has a little bit to do with the fact that they're more likely to vote Democrat. If they lose Texas, you're right. Game over. Jim. It's over. Yeah. Cause you can't mathematically do it. No, you, you'd actually have to broaden your appeal. They're doubling down on this idea of we can win with just the white people. You can't. You can't. Math. You can't. Simple There's math. M- absolutely. It is simple math. Simple math. To that end, Roger Ailes is advising Trump <laughs> in the lead up to the debates, possibly beyond. Remember Roger Ailes, who has sexually harassed uh, everybody <laughs> at Fox News over the last yeah, 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 uh, several decades? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, allegedly, is now advising Trump in the lead up to the debates. Steve Bannon, who's a Breitbart news executive and former Goldman Sachs banker, is taking over day-to-day control of the Trump campaign as campaign chairman instead of Paul Manafort who took over in June. You think this is team A or team B? Well, we'll let me just say this next part and then we'll talk about it. Also, Trump pollster Kellyanne Conway, who, by the way, has been on Bill Maher a couple times. I've seen her interviewed. Uh Look, she's a nice lady. And to her credit, she's been promoted to campaign manager. She's the first woman to ever run a GOP general election campaign. So good for her. That's a... You know, broke her own glass ceiling as yes. Hillary is doing it on the Democratic side. Uh, seems like a nice enough lady, but she's not an on. You know, I mean, she's. It's frustrating to listen to her defend Trump a lot of the time, and it's it's annoying. So, to your point, is this the A team or the B team? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It's the team. It's a. It is their team, and it's doubling down, like I mentioned, on letting quote Trump be Trump. Because Manafort's trying to get the guy to be housebroken and eat at the table, keep his elbows off, use a fork, use a knife. Mm -hmm. This is not that. These people are going to let Trump essentially off the leash, I would assume. And if he's going to go down. Not let him off the leash. Well, if he's going to go down in flames, I think the idea is just let him do it doing his thing. Because you're not getting anywhere 
trying to get him to read off script. It doesn't matter. Nobody wants to hear him read off script. Nah. That might be the politically smart thing to do, but not because it doesn't make sense that he even got to this point and he did it by being a, you know, just a sh- an asshole that says whatever he wants in experience. So no, that's what they're no, going to try no, to do. No, he did it as a re- reality television superstar. Well, sure, it's name recognition. Right. Yes. And again, free media, but Hillary's caught up in that regard, so it doesn't really make a difference. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a move. It's a it's a move they made. Why not? It can't really hurt. He's again, he's got a ten percent chance probably. He's got no place to go. So anything they do now is icing on the cake, right? And really, Breitbart, you go there because that's the people that are putting out a lot of the Republican spin articles and whatever. Maybe they have a better way of at least going after the media or finding a way to get more stuff out there about Hillary, but it doesn't seem like it's going to work, but okay, they've made the move. This all pertains to the clip, Joey, that we're going to wrap up with, okay? CNN's, I looked up her name because I was so proud of her. I think she did a great job. CNN's Brianna Keeler was talking to Trump's lawyer, uh, Michael Cohen, on CNN the other day in the afternoon. Shelby actually sent me this clip, and he was like, for your show, and I was like, "Mm, I love you, and I found a longer version of it because it's just terrific. So this is these two talking <laughs> about the changes that Trump made to the campaign, bringing in Bannon and Conway. Mm-hmm. And uh, we could pretty much close up with this clip, although I do have a picture that I'll show you afterward. But this is about a three-minute clip, and I believe me, it's so worth it. I, I, I truly love this clip. It makes me happy. So again, Brianna Keeler talking to Michael Cohen, Trump's longtime lawyer, about the overhaul in the campaign. All right? Here we go. For taking the time yeah, to, to be with us. So... This change, this shakeup, is this a sign First of that all, Donald I gotta, Trump? I got to stop. I got to stop you for one second, because there's no shakeup. I mean, look at the words that you use and you blast at the bottom in your banner: shakeup, overhaul, dramatic, desperate measures. There are no desperate measures. You just literally read the memo that you received that Paul Manafort sent out stating he's not going anywhere. The campaign is on its way to victory. And uh, We just heard the number. That's why I did the numbers first. Yes, thank you. Is the campaign on its way to victory? Yes, it is. And yet you still use the these time. ridiculous words in order to incite something. I mean, the, please understand that nobody's buying into this anymore. It started out, I don't know if you think it was funny, but these terms are not indicative of what's going on at the campaign. Uh-huh. All that Mr. Trump has done is he has added to the existing group of winners that he has <laughs> hired for the campaign, which is still hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people less than the number of people that it, the Clinton campaign. So if Hillary Clinton brought somebody in, are you going to use the terms overhaul, desperate yes, no, measures? No. Yes. No, you haven't we done would. it once. Okay. If, because okay, not wait, one Michael, person of the Michael, nine, not one person of the 900 people that work for her campaign, not one has left, not one has been promoted or demoted. You know what you're saying, buddy. That's a big difference. If the if Robbie Mook was out all of a sudden, God love his name. The, yeah, it'll be a story if Clinton mm-hmm. just all of a sudden got rid of her campaign manager or whatever, moved him aside and brought in a completely different team. Yeah. Yes. That would be a story. Also, I, this guy's accent, I love it. Aided, if he aided, he's got like a real like scum. He just sounds like a dirtbag, this guy. He's a lawyer. I like him. Well, I got a picture. <laughs> We're gonna. I'm going to show you after. You'll, okay. you'll like it. No, at the top, actually, we have not seen that. And I will tell you, Michael, that if that happened, we would cover it like that. Uh, and, and you would right never now, hear about it. 
I, I mean, I disagree with you. I okay. and personally, I cover the Clinton campaign. I love what this woman is doing. And it's not just because it's the Trump's lawyer. It's just a fun clip to watch. This is how it should be done. Uh-huh. No, actually false. Okay. Go back at the, per- don't just let them come on and say their bullshit because they look ridiculous then when you call them out on it and it, it will, it will force them out of that spit or hopefully it'll force them out of that spin and like rhetoric. So let her call on him on it. Well, yeah, here we go. Be all over that. That would be a huge story. All of the banners that you see right here would be up on the television as well. All right. So if there's any one person that's watching this show today that used to be with the Clinton campaign, please call in. All right. Well, let me ask you about this. So you say you say it's not a shakeup, but you guys are down and it makes Says sense who? that there would Says who? most of them, all of them. Says who? Polls. I just told you I answered your question. Okay. Which polls? All of them. <laughs> and your okay. question is? Okay. So my question is, I don't think it is really surprising when facing a challenge and trying to make a turnaround that there would be some, let's at, let's at least say some adjustments, okay? So I guess what my real question is here that I did not get to get to is what is the point of this? If you're calling it an expansion of, of winners, as you put it, working on the campaign, what is it about? What, to, what, to what end? Great. Be perfect. Yes. I, you know what? I want to try to get in touch with uh, Brianna. I just want to talk to her for 10 minutes on the podcast and be like, this great. You did a great job. She took what he said, repackaged and it was like, well, okay. So if it's not a problem, if it's just a good move to add winner, why, why, you, why, why, why now? Why are you doing it? All of a sudden when all the numbers are bad, how, why, what's the point mm-hmm. of that? Perfect. How does he answer it? Well, I think bringing on somebody like Kellyanne Conway was a great move, and it was something, personally, I would have liked to have seen happen earlier, but the campaign wasn't ready for it. Uh, now they are. I think mean? she's a brilliant individual. I think that, you know, um, she understands the data that's coming in. Look, Hillary Clinton's got 14, I think, or 13 different pollsters that are working on creating her message. So when she talks about usage of a teleprompter by Donald Trump, she would have no clue without her script writers and her teleprompter. It's used in order to keep you on message, very much like you guys do on the morning when you're on television. You use teleprompters because it keeps you on your message. But these are Donald Trump's words. He's going to stay true to who he is, and he's going to end up, in all fairness, he's going to end up winning this election come November because people are seeing through the nonsense. Okay, so there you go. I like I like that she just goes uh, says who uh, polls says who polls which one uh, all of them. He wanted the specific name of yeah. the polls. Yeah, all of them. Just go look at any polls. Trump the other day tweeted a poll showing that he wasn't losing that much. That's what <laughs> that's what it's come to. <laughs> it's over. You know that's what I mean? Like great. it's over. Let's just That's funny. come on. We're just wasting time. Why don't we just, let's just do the election. It's over. No, 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 no. It's not I know. Over. We I have know, the debate. I and I, the, Joey, those debate. You, you're, you're making it seem like that's going to make much of a, a difference. Who's going to watch the debate again? How have you gotten this far? You're going to watch the debates and go. I really don't know. I got to see that second one. Are you out of your mind? You know, he is going to put her in such hot water. No, that it's no. it's going to be unbelievable. She's going to look like Nixon. She's going to look like Nixon. I don't believe you, buddy. 
I got a picture of Michael Cohen from uh, June 26, 2014. Throwback Thursday being received by two great Americans, Hillary Clinton and Patrick Kennedy at the Kennedy compound. Here's that guy that was just so mad at Hillary Clinton. Here he is arm in arm with Hillary Clinton and Patrick Kennedy at a fundraiser in 2000, whatever, 12, but he posted mm-hmm. in 2014. Isn't that great? Yeah. And he looks like a lot more like a hit, a little more liberal there. He's got his hair long. He's wearing more of a polo. Yeah. He's hanging out. He's not in a suit. So good. It's a different person when you have a suit on. It just makes me really happy. You know that rule. The the corporate look. Yeah, no, for sure. You get a suit on, it's totally different. He's a little more uh, casual Friday in that Mm -hmm. picture. Uh, All right, Joey. That's all I got, bud. Great job, Chris. Thank you. You too. You got anything you would like to say or how are you feeling? Feeling good. Um, As we said, I'm looking forward to those debates. Yeah, September, I want to say 26th, I feel like is the first one. So a little bit away, but not that far. And I don't think he's going to show up. Trump? Yeah, I just don't think he's going to show up. He's got to show up. What's he going to do? What, is he going to send Ivanka in his place? No, he's going he's to be delayed by traffic indefinitely. Oh, interesting. He's going to get in one of those, like, China. I was in China, and I got in one of those 18-day traffic jams. It was disgusting. I started selling hot dogs and steaks on the side of the road. I made a fortune, but couldn't make it to the debate. <laughs> uh, all right, Joey. Thank you for joining me today. As always, I love you. You're the best. Ah, thank you uh listen you guys are the best too samsonites i appreciate you listening to the podcast itunes you go on there it's the mandatory samson podcast you subscribe you rate you review it helps us out we get up the charts we get more listeners we get more guests we get more money and then everybody's happy soundcloud.com slash mandatory samson you can go on there you can also follow us uh leave a comment on the track joey i believe you were right before we started recording you were on there answering some comments i was answering yesterday. yes i was perfect good what anything stand out to you anybody asking anything interesting mm, just something about my accent nothing much i said if uh, he had any cool ideas to uh I, I might run with it oh like to say where your accent is yes. i mean i explained the whole story it's like me and joey grew up 10 minutes apart but joey you had a speech impediment growing up yes. so you developed this accent it sounds like you're from boston it's fine have we ever told that story on the podcast? We'll, we'll do a quick maybe about in college. We were sitting next to each other and that, that chick that was sitting in front of us. She got so angry. Yeah, I don't know if we told it on the show, but we could tell it fast. So we, so we had the same class. Do you remember? It was art history. I yeah, believe. art history. So me and Joey obviously sat together. Any class we could take together, we did. So we were sitting next to each other. And there was these you know people in front of us. There was this one girl that we used to talk to like just at the beginning of class and whatever. And one day we're bullshitting and she was just like, where where's your where are you from like to joey and he was like i'm from southie i'm from boston she's like oh okay and she turned around she turned back around a couple seconds later she's like are you really from boston and joe's like no i'm not from boston and she goes thanks dick and And never talked to me ever again (laughs) never talked to either one of us again she got really mad it's like all right relax uh but anyway yeah joey's has sounds like he's from boston he's not he's from minutes away from where i grew up and we don't sound the same but that's why we're a good duo uh, you can email us mandatory Samson at gmail.com. I'll read them on the show. I appreciate the feedback and, uh, all that stuff. I'm at man Samp M a N S a M P. It is the shortened version of mandatory Samson man Samp on all social media platforms. Feel free to get in touch with me there. Follow me. See what's going on in my world. Joey, you're at Joey from Jersey. Jersey is spelled the Z on basically all social media yes. platforms. You can find Joey that way. Uh, until next week, episode 94. It's been a good one. We appreciate you guys. And we'll talk to you next week. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media.
Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. And find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Yeah.